Welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinion. Today is March 2nd, 2020, and this is episode 285. My name is Jake English. And I'm Scott Magnus. And on this week's show, we're going to fill our glasses half full. And uh, we're also going to ask where we should shove our microphones into. What? Yeah, you know, if we're going to stick our microphones somewhere, where should we shove them? All right. On that note, I think we should... uh... I think we should lubricate the show. It's time for the drink of the week. Uh, Scott Magnus, what are you drinking this week? Uh, Jake, I am drinking a uh, Flying Dog Thunder Peel. All right. Hazy IPA. Seems hazy. Seems Seems hazy. hazy. All right. I am drinking a Loose Cannon from Heavy Seas. Try not to be shocked. It is delicious uh if you'd like to drink along with us socially please come find us on untapped i'm at jake e 4025 and i'm at magn 8606 uh scotty i'm not quite ready to dive into medical wing territory this week not enough things that i care about uh question for you though okay dj stewart is still alive he is still alive he is still a person he is listed in the orioles injury report saying that he's not expected to resume uh, baseball activities until late March. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you straight up. Do we see DJ Stewart in 2020? Yes. Okay. Like playing on the field or at the concession stands? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. That's what I like to hear. In that case, we should probably do the next thing, which is uh, to check in on Orioles baseball at 280 characters or fewer this week on the Twitters. So Jake, uh, the Orioles finally made a big move, uh, this off season. Nice. Okay. Um, as reported by Baltimore sun sports, uh, Brett Hollander will be joining the broadcast booth. He made his debut today. Actually, I believe I, I gotta be honest. I'm kind of impressed with the work that the Orioles are doing to really bolster their broadcasting team for a team. That's not going to be very good. It's almost like they're getting ready for the next generation. Yeah. I, you know, we, we talked all the time during the dark period about how, you know, frustratingly poorly run we thought the organization was at times. And for all the things that are happening off the field, I feel like they're really hitting a lot of slam dunks. And, um, you know, love Brett Hollander. He's, he's been on this show. Uh, he's going to, you know, do uh, pre and post game stuff. He's going to do play by play. You know, he's going to be, yeah, the sideline reporter. They have a lot of talent in that stable right now. And uh, I'm looking forward to see how that talent is divvied up. Completely agree. Um, it's going to be fun to see um, how the dynamics have shifted in the broadcast booth um, in this upcoming season. Um, definitely still a mix of old Orioles. Um, but again, it'll be interesting to see um, what playful banter is out there besides the typical Palmer and Thorn that we've become used to. Used to. Sure. All right, this next tweet comes from, well, it says Orioles fan at Ran Sport Guy. Ran Sports Guy? There is real baseball this month. We almost made it through the offseason, everybody. I think that's an important note. Yeah. Here we are. It's March. There will be real live baseball this month. Hooray. All right, next tweet comes from, oh, I know this guy. It's Masson Rock. Um, and he's, you know, happy to contribute Orioles. Um, 
This tweet goes as follows. Orioles piping in noise for pop-up drill. The dumb and young double. Fans know what it means. No explanation needed. Scotty, our voices are distracting Orioles outfielders down in Sarasota. We we are contributing to the next winning team of Orioles baseball. Jake, at this moment, is getting ready to complain about not being able to see the Nick Marcakis home run. Look, that home run happened as I was walking into the park because I drove your wife to the stadium. And that was your fault. I'm still bitter. Yeah. Still, still bitter. All right. Uh, well, our next tweet comes from Orioles Fan Problems. That's Orioles Fan Probs with a Z because Ryan thought that was funny when he was 16. Uh, the tweet so goes as follows. Two years ago. <laughs> Chris Davis might be back, you guys. Scotty. Is that guys with a Z? It's guys with an S. Okay. Seems inconsistent, but we'll let it slide. Scotty, Chris Davis getting a lot of attention. I'm not saying he's back. What I will say is, though it is ridiculous to pay attention to spring training stats, it is far easier to deal with a Chris Davis who's not being the worst player in baseball than it is to deal with a Chris Davis that is being the worst player in baseball. Look, I hear you, but... Me personally, I think this is terrible news. How is he going to hit my June fifteenth deadline <laughs> if he keeps performing like this? All right, this is a fair question, but but for a baseball fan that's not you, mm-hmm. this is better, right? Sure, of, of course it's better. It, it's good to see Chris Davis not going up there even during spring training um, when, with the games being meaningless um, and, and and absolutely being horrific up there. It's fun to see Chris Davis be successful. However, he is still in classic Abaldo territory, as it were. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say it's been a while since I've seen the inside of a gym. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there are things that I don't understand. There are things that I, I don't know how they work. I don't understand how putting uh 25 pounds of muscle in your eyes is possible. Um, not exactly sure either. So that, we'll, that we'll, seems to be what happened though. He went, he bulked up in the gym and suddenly his eyes could see baseballs. We'll, we'll have to figure that one out. All right, next tweet. Uh, let's see. Man, there's a ton of them in here. Oh, this comes from Orioles Player Development. Um, good for them. So the Orioles are killing it lately in social media. Um, they've been doing some really fun camera angles um, and just really doing a good job of kind of being part on the field as opposed to just kind of, um, you know, giving cheesy aspects of it. So really just wanted to plug the aspect of go to Twitter, follow them on OSPlayerDev. Um, and they're just doing a great job, honestly. This is cool because this is a this is a Twitter handle that they just created, you know, in in January of 2020. But when, first of all, when have we had players to care about their development? And second of all, here's you know an extra layer of transparency that the team is giving you, an extra way to connect to the team. What you said though about the the social is so right, and I, I think it's really interesting that you can see the stamp that Olivia Witherite left. Sure on the social department and the way it's been allowed to grow in both, you know, investment and the talent that they brought in. It's almost like they realize like that's the way you grow the game, right? That's, that's been lacking. That had been lacking for the Orioles uh, before she got there. And I'm so glad to see that that is an area where they are continuing to keep a pace with the rest of the league. Absolutely. Um, Great to see. Um, Keep up the work Orioles. You know, there's a lot to look forward to just like we saw with the blooming of uh, the kind of the social media growth. Maybe we should take a look at um, some other things um, that we should be looking forward to in this upcoming season with the Orioles roster. All right.
was uh, it was great to be behind the mics last week, but honestly, the reaction we got was both flattering and uh, baffling at the same time. Look, as the uh, eternal pessimist here at Bird's Eye View for nine seasons, I feel like we um, we took it under the chin this week. Um, this came from Adam Devoren, loyal follower of the show. Um, he said, "Love the new optimistic undertone on Bird's Eye View BAL. Gotta believe Baltimore." Were we optimistic last week? Is that a fair uh, statement? I think perhaps we were so giddy just to be back behind the microphones that we have may have leaned a little too far into the orange. That we, we forgot what team we were covering. Yeah. So, you know, we do have some big news. I mean, okay. it, yeah. it, it comes to the point of you you are right folks we are a little bit more enthusiastic and, and how can we not be enthusiastic having a new sponsor in our lives so you know being sponsored by catholic charities of baltimore this year <laughs> no, i'm just joking folks catholic charities of baltimore would never sponsor us we eat babies just remember that <laughs> but um you know let's lean into it let's just accept who we are um and you know just say we're going to be the optimist going forward you know spring is the season for hope to spring eternal it's a time when we choose to be willfully ignorant of our club's wants, even though we know them, and to say that if everything breaks our way, perhaps, just maybe, just maybe there'll be joy in Mudville this season. All right. Okay, fine. Uh, I, I'm picking up what you're laying down. We, we have no reason to be disappointed just yet. So let's do this. Let's tell you what, Scotty. Let's take a look at the roster. We're not going to do all 69 guys because that wouldn't be nice. Um, but let's take a look at the roster and give our most reasonable, and I do mean reasonable, best case scenario for each of these guys. Is that fair? I, I think that's perfectly fair. Absolutely. Right. So this is like what we in the real world could possibly hope for. Okay. Um, tell you what, let's, let's break this down. If it's okay with you, can I, can I go ahead and, um, Let's let's start with the catchers. Sure. All right. Um, I'll I'll break this in. Let's start with Chan Cisco. Okay. All right. Twenty twenty. What's going to look like? Best case scenario. Um, all right. Let's just say that Chance uh, shows that his bat can keep him in at the major league level, mm-hmm. uh, no matter where it is that he plays. He he shows the kind of development where he's hitting you know gap doubles uh, that lead one to hope that as his body and understanding of the league develops, he can maybe turn some of those into homers. Um, he improves his offense and that keeps him behind the plate, say maybe 65% of the time that he shares with Severino and the other cats. Um, and occasionally throughout the season, he plays defensively somewhere else on the field, preparing him for the time where he'll either be traded to make way for Rutschman or he has to find another spot on the field if he wants to hit regularly. I mean, is that like, you know, that's not rosy, but that's about the best we could hope, right? I think the best we can hope for is that Chancisco actually matures into a backup catcher. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think that's the best we can hope for. Again, I like the idea of can the bat play. It's similar to a Ryan Mountcastle, but um, to a much lesser extent at this point. I hear you. I hear you. All right. But if we're I'm- looking at backup catchers, I think we've got to move over to Pedro Severino. And in honesty, it's a, just a repeat of last season. That would be pretty sweet in honesty. It gets you into a good position, waiting for Adley Rutschman to come up. In essence, Pedro Seferino serves as a good backstop going forward. Again, serve as a stable background to, you know, frame pitchers. Um, Great facial expressions of the plate. Sure. I mean, just a good ability to, in essence, be 
a foundational catcher going forward for the next few years. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, let's take a look at Austin wins. He's still in the roster, right? Uh, best case scenario, I think for 2020 wins comes up to replace a catcher who's banged up for a couple of days or weeks and doesn't screw up badly enough that we can play him at him. Right. I, I've never really noticed, uh, Austin wins outside of maybe his eyebrows and I'd like that to continue. So we'll just say that wins comes up for a little while his knowledge of the young pitchers that are coming up in the Norfolk shuttle is, is helpful. And he adds to the security blanket uh, that helps some of them succeed at this level while he's here, but he's not here for very long. I, I think the best case scenario for Austin wins is that he comes up in his part of the 25 man roster by Pedro Sinaferino or Chancisco being traded. Okay. I think that's the best case scenario for, for Austin wins. Cool. Are there any other, other catchers worth, uh, worth mentioning? Um, Does this team have any other catchers? I think we need to talk about Adley Rutschman. Oh, yeah. oh, that guy. That guy. I've heard of that guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, what what could we possibly say about Adley, Adley Rutschman? Well, I mean, we could put the hyperboles of switch hitting Jesus on there, just like we did for Matt Weeders back in the day. Is there a website that has facts about Adley Rutschman yet? No, not yet. Okay. That used to be a thing in the early 2000s. Um, I think people are just on TikTok now. So, I mean... <laughs> We could TikTok rules or phrases, but that's how they do things right now these days, right? You know how in the in the Ravens uh, clubhouse there were certain players that were retired from uh, being voted as the ugliest Raven. Absolutely, I think we need to retire ourselves from talking about TikTok. I think we've reached the age where we're just no good. I, I don't think so. Um, my most positive thing that could actually happen with Adley Rutschman is um, he doesn't get injured. Okay. Yeah. In in classic Orioles fashion, you have this bright new shiny toy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then it breaks in front of you. Like you just got it for Christmas, and you're like, "Oh, this is great!" And you play for it enough, and then all of a sudden, Jimmy down the street comes and smashes it. Like its knees blow out. Yeah. Exactly. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Here, honestly, this is the best thing I think that can happen for Adley Rutschman mm-hmm. is that something huge happens. I don't want to say scandal. That would be the wrong thing. So like coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best thing, no, the best thing that can happen That's at Adley Rutschman is not the coronavirus. Okay. Um, I think that some distraction from Adley Rutschman's development would be great for him because obviously. So like an injury. He's gonna, somebody else's injury though. Oh, okay. Like, like I want him to be able to develop without our eyes, like directly on him in the microscope. I, okay. I want something else to happen so that Adley Rutschman's development can be allowed to happen in a normal fashion without so, us. So what you're telling me is you want, in a sense, a veil and you want the arc to be behind it. Basically. That's what I want. So you don't want to look directly at it, but you want to know that the arc is behind the veil. Close your eyes, Indy. Right. Okay. Just want to make sure. All right. Uh, we've done enough damage to the catchers. Let's talk about the outfielders. How many Catholic references can we make this evening? I don't know, but I'm going to have to give my John Carroll ring back eventually. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and talk about outfielders. Uh, Scotty, I want to start with Anthony Santander. Okay. I think that Anthony Santander, uh, we have to We really... spoke to a few people last week by saying he might not make the roster. Yeah, we got a lot of ugly tweets. I to say, uh, folks. You, you got a lot of ugly folks, tweets. listen. What I say on this podcast, I really don't mean it, okay? This is just a facade. If you don't realize that, 
then if, if it's any consolation, I've known Scott a long time. He doesn't say what he means in person of course, either. Of course not. It's the aspect of I'm looking for more eyes for you. So I appreciate you uh, reacting in that regard. I had a bad day yesterday and Scott texted me and said that he hoped that something terrible happened to Paul McCartney so that my yeah. troubles came in three. That being said, I'm really, you know, I think the best case scenario for Anthony Santander is that he's traded back to the Red Sox. <laughs> no, no, I've got this one. All right. Uh, in, in all seriousness, mm-hmm. here, here are the things. Uh, I think it, the best thing we can hope is that Santander hits well enough. Excuse me? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that Coach uh, Santander, no. Anthony Santander hits well enough uh, that Brandon Hyde has the uh, Renato Nunez problem, mm-hmm. which is that uh, there's no place in the field that he'd like him to be, but he'd like to see that bat more often. Okay. Let's let's just say Anthony Santander becomes a little bit more selective and brings his, his K rate down from a, a little um, above average from, say, 21 to 18%, mm-hmm. right? That'll boost his OBP into the normal to a little above average zone. And here's the thing, dongs, right? Santander, all the dongs. I, I want him to have the kind of raw power that makes Chris Davis of 2013 blush. And in September, we're watching him flirt with 30 home runs on a team that's trying to avoid losing a hundred games. But the real, if we want to dream, mm-hmm. Scotty, if we dream with me, are you dreaming with me? I'm closing my eyes. All right. Go ahead. A baseball league forms in the UK. Okay. They, and they fall to Red Sox and the Yankees. Gotcha. And Santander becomes the most productive and most beloved figure in that fledgling league, mm-hmm. cementing his relationship with the British people. He basically becomes the David Ortiz of that area. In a sense, it becomes his effing country. Hmm. That'd be impressive. <laughs> I think it's the best thing we can hope for. I think it's, you know, I, I was thinking if he could solve Brexit, but that's just me, <laughs> but, but go for it. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if, if Anthony Santander can in essence have a, a similar slash improved season, I certainly don't think that he is as bad as uh, certain other left fielders are um, that we currently have in this team. Um, I think you know, came into last season when I watched him, I was like, he is not an outfielder. He is a fourth outfielder at best. I would say I'd rather see him in left field than any other player right now. Sure. And, and just see what happens. Um, do I think that he still is a, a long-term outfielder? I don't. I, I think that he is a a role player here. Um, and uh, he is not going to be with the Orioles during their playoff push. And he is just a filler at this time. But for the time being... He can be great jersey material. Yeah, and for the awful 2020 Orioles, he's a lock, I think, to make the club. Do you think? Uh, I mean, I still think that he's going to be put back into the minors at the very beginning of the season. Oh, I see. I think he makes the club. Now, now see, I, I just really want to perturb all the audience again <laughs> and yourself and just basically say he's not going to make the team. I think he. I think he's given the opportunity to play himself off the Orioles. Gotcha. How's that? I, I do think that this next individual is the one going to knock him off the team, and it's uh, my boy Cedric Mullins, who— uh, well, he is going to do going to make the team. He's going to realize how bad he actually is. Um, he's then going to win the lottery. Ooh. He's then going to retire from baseball to focus on spending time in the Caribbean on his second favorite yacht. Um, and uh, yeah, he is just going to basically um, you know do nothing after that point. I I do think that is the best case scenario. Trying trying to figure out how to fix his baseball career. It's a lot easier for us to just to buy him a lot of tickets. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to replace a legend like Adam Jones, sure, it's just not going to happen. So you might as well just say, well, I had that one moment where Adam pushed me out of the field. That was nice. All right. 
here's some positive thinking. Okay. Let's talk about Austin Hayes. Okay. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that Austin Hayes can have a good season in 2020. My desire, yes. my my hope, which I think is reasonable, is that Austin Hayes' health and production finally come through to the point where we close the revolving door at center field, mm-hmm. right? We don't have Anthony Santander. We don't have a Dr. Poo out there. We have a center fielder who can be penciled in, you know, 140 plus games. I don't feel like that's crazy, right? I, I would love to see... Uh, more from him on the defensive highlight reel, right? I feel like he's a guy out there that you can watch pounding his chest after, you know, maybe he's going to be the one stealing from Mike Trout that you see on, on highlights forever. Um, but really what's his, what's his play at the plate going to do sure. to, to keep him there? I, I think, you know, power is not going to, not going to be his game. Uh, so what he needs to do. Oh, he's Nick Marcakis. Yes. So what he needs to do is he needs to push that OPS up, right? Yeah. Hope for doubles. Maybe, you know, maybe power comes later in his career, but I would be happy with a with a doubles guy out there in center uh, with a high uh, OPB. What, what do you what do you think as far as best case scenario? Jake, I think the best case scenario is we are looking for people, in essence, to serve going forward on this team uh, when this team is back in competition. I think Austin Hayes is the next Trey Mancini for this team. Wow. Again. When we look at Trey Mancini, we're like, that's the best player on this team at this time. But again, he's looking to be a you know 1.5 to 2.5 war player. But Austin Hayes is going to be part of that foundation and that nucleus that's going to be part of the next generation that's going to make it. He plays the game hard. He plays the game right. Um, I just like the way he plays the game. And it's as simple as that. So I think he's going to make a lot of uh, fans in this upcoming season um, with some of his play style. I think he's going to become the next Trey Mancini on this team. Now, okay. It's not taking away from anything from Trey. Sure. I'm just saying that he's going to be the next big thing um, when it comes to being, um, you know, someone my kid would go and cheer for, basically. Okay. Let's uh, let's talk about some more outfielders. Let's talk about Dwight Smith Jr. Is my hands supposed to be tingling like this for being so optimistic? No, no, I don't think so. Okay. Maybe, maybe too many drinks of the week? Probably. All right. Here's what I think for Dwight Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. I think, and this is not backhanded, and I'm not being sarcastic here. I think the best case scenario for Dwight Smith uh, is that some of his outfield teammates are injured, hmm. and the left hand, uh, the left hand, the left field job is handed to him uh, either to start the season or or right afterward. Look, you know, his bat is the only tool that he's got, um, and maybe, maybe. It can be enough to uh, to make up for some of his glaring holes on defense. I would say that the best case scenario for him is in whatever limited time he's got to improve from, say, his 83 weighted runs created plus from last year to a 110. You know, obviously not sustainable, but in short bursts, he can be a very useful player. Look, maybe he can be paired with some slick fielding, no pop outfielder. Uh, that can limit the damage that he can do in late innings. Um, but, you know, I, I don't see him being any more than a part-time player who's given some time to not screw up because other people are hurt. So the way I see Dwight Smith Jr. is more of a substitute pinch hitter. So, again, if we're looking at Renato Nunez, bats right-handed, Dwight Smith Jr., bats left-handed. I could see him as a DH on occasion as well. Mm. But I don't see him anywhere of having any possibility of getting to um, the outfield at this point. He is a train wreck. Um, 
I see him in a very Delman Youngish aspect where he's going to get some DH appearances, but probably no more than maybe 100, 120 plate appearances. Uh, you mean the hero of 2014? Let's, let's not go that far. Noted right fielder and culturally sensitive baseball player, Delman Young? He knows how to tip his valet, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, Dwight Smith Jr., um, you know, at best 120 plate appearances. All right, who else is on this team? Uh, DJ Sturr, we talked about him earlier. Yeah, I've heard Whether or not he's actually going to get back up. And, uh, you know, I think he gets back up with the team. I think he gets up here for a brief stint in July or August. And I think that may be the last we see of DJ Stewart. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I think. I think this is it. I think this is his swan song out into the great unknown. I agree with you. I, I think the best case scenario for him is that he makes like three or four up and down trips, you know, due to injury, you know couple of days here and there i don't see him in, in a perfect world for him getting any more than like 150 200 at bats my hope for him is that he's eventually released because like using ideas is ready um and that he ends up on some other baseball team and is able to finish out his career and live happily with the money that he's collected look this is terrible but i would go watch any beer league game that dj stewart oh, absolutely I'd love to see him just smash taters in a in a beer league softball league, but yeah. Um, let's talk outfield slash first base. Let's talk Trey Trey. Let's talk Boom Boom. Do it. Uh, Trey finally makes the All Star game. Clearly, um, he gets in there. He um, participates in the home run derby. I'm listening. Um, and he proceeds to get throttled in the home run derby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, um, Mancini eventually moves over to first base mm. with, uh, Davis being sat down at some point this season. And that's the big move. And the thing I think we can look forward to most is Trey Mancini finally moving to first base and becoming the established first baseman going forward for the next two to three years. So you think that he gets the big $161 million contract and, uh, you know, assumes the title. Um, I think he moves to first base <laughs> and he's eventually traded. Okay. Okay. Not this season, but in the future. But we're looking at an all-star, best-case scenario, an all-star-like performance, you know, like a, a two-and-a-half to three-war player. I think he's going to be a one-and-a-half to two-and-a-half war player, and that's going to be about as good as you get, get with the Orioles. Okay. All right. Best-case scenario. Best-case scenario. Um, We didn't talk about Ryan McKenna. Didn't we? We didn't. Um, He had a solid season last year in AA Bowie, AAA Norfolk. His average is near 300 now. Um, you know, people call him Mr. Double. Is this a possibility that if Dwight Smith is not going to work out, that we could actually see Ryan McKenna up here? No, no. no. Okay. I, I tried Ryan McKenna. Uh, what about Mason Williams? Let me tell you about Mason Williams. I've given this a lot of thoughts. Okay. Scotty. What is the best case scenario for Mason Williams? Well, honestly, I think the best thing that can happen to him is that he fails to make the team out of the spring. Okay. This sets an entire series of events in place. Butterfly that, effect, basically. That, frankly, I mean, they don't just impact his life. This is good for the universe. All right, Mason Williams fails to make the team out of spring, and he's sent to double-A buoy. All right? By mid-season, he retires from baseball. Now, it's okay. This story continues. Mason Williams returns to his hometown of Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and he opens up a convenience store with fuel pumps, and he calls it classical gas. Now, far more successful in business than he ever was in baseball, 
Williams becomes a beloved benefactor of the Pawtucket School Department and donates funds to build a new wing of the Pawtucket, Pawtucket Public Library, which is on some, uh, Summer Street, by the way, and beautiful. Um, and they, they go ahead and name that new wing after him. Generations of children learn how to read in the Mason Williams wing of the Pawtucket, uh, Pawtucket Public Library. And this is a story, Scott, that just, you know, it warms all of our hearts. The impact that people who sell classical gas can have on us. Do you just want to put Pawtucket gas on there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. All right. Uh, anybody else we're missing? Uh, you mentioned Yusniel Diaz. Uh, what What is the best that we could possibly hope for from him? I think Rebound 2020 um, shows that that trade for Manny Machado isn't Re- a waste. Rebound 2020. That is a dangerous phrase coming out of your mouth, sir. I about to say, uh, those two words are not going to come together that often. But I think it shows that you know he has a good enough season in AA, AAA that he's a contender to kind of come up and be that Austin Hayes kind of player uh, going into 2021. Um, again, maybe a 1.5, 2.5 war where he can be situated in left field or right field. And again, if Trey's going to move into first base, we need to find a right fielder going forward in the future. You're hopeful for this player. I like using El Diaz. I think he had a really bad season last year, but I do think that he has a potential to rebound. The, the health is the concern. You think that he can put that behind him? Uh, the health is always a concern for any Oriole. All right. Didn't we just talk about Ali Rutschman <laughs> blowing out both of his knees? <laughs> no, no. You Don't you put that on me. Yes, I may have said that. Yeah. Um, I, Look, I want him to do well just because I want the five-for-one uh, Manny Machado deal to, to come out. You know, roses for the Orioles. All right, so that's the outfield, at least any of the outfielders I care about. Let's turn our attention to the infielders. I'd like to start with Hanser Alberto. Okay. All right, my best case scenario for Hanser Alberto um, is that he turns out not to be a flash in the pan in 2019. And what I mean by that is that he can be trusted to play, you know, maybe 140, 150 games at second base for the Baltimore Orioles when they're awful. Um, you know, let's just say that his splits come back down to earth. All right. He still does significantly better against lefties than he does righties, but he's not a liability against right-handed pitching last year. Um, you know, he, he did, he did okay. He, He was just under, I think the, the average, um, as far as offensive production, let's just say that he gets to you know, 102 mm-hmm. weighted runs created plus that shows that he belongs in the majors. He can be a, a serviceable complimentary player. Okay. I think that's as much as we can hope. I think that's perfectly fine. Why don't we talk about Rio Ruiz? Um, you know, I guess he gets the line share at third base over the course of the season. Um, doesn't disappoint us defensively. Um, yeah, I mean, he does okay. Let's just say that. <laughs> that's the best I think we can look forward for Rio Ruiz. Um, yeah, that he just does okay. I, I, I don't think he's the answer at third. I don't think he's going to be here for a while, but do you 20- think he makes it through the entire season? Who else is going to make it over there? Francisco. <laughs> I don't think that's the best case scenario. Ryan Mountcastle. Oh, still don't think that's a Chris Davis. No, even better. Jay, Jay Hardy. No, I don't think it's a good idea. That's a good idea. Okay. Not even my wife, Sarah would want to see yeah. JJ Hardy at third. Uh, I think that might be incorrect, but. Um, All right, Scotty, let's let's do the elephant in the room. Okay. All right. Feel free to disagree with me here. Okay. But uh, I thought a lot about what you said okay. about Chris Davis last week. Okay. And I lifted it, and I put it here. Because I, I think this is that is the best we can hope for. 
Here's my fantasy. Here's my, you ready for my Chris Davis fantasy? I'm ready. Chris Davis is a national feel good rags to riches to rags to riches story. He returns to form and silences some of his critics. Davis puts in a 2.5 war season, hitting, uh, let's call it 254, and clubs 45 to 47 home runs and plays all 162 games for the Baltimore Orioles. After the season, and this is Scott Magnus talking right here. Okay. After the season, Davis retires from baseball, making a deal with the Orioles to distribute the remainder of his own salary to charitable organizations important to the Davis family. The positive season and magnanimous exit endear him to baseball fans inside and outside of Birdland. Davis, after baseball, moves back to Texas, but appears frequently at Orioles events and is invited to throw out the ceremonial first pitch before game one of the Birds' second World Series appearance of the 2020s. Okay. It's inspirational. That's one way to think about it. I've got it a slightly different way. Okay. So I think the best case scenario we have for Chris Davis is Chris Davis regrows his mustache. He is then proceeded to be traded uh, to a Japanese baseball team uh, where he competes with Adam Jones um, and he becomes the new Mr. Baseball in Japan. And uh, Mr. Baseball is remade for the 21st century. Can I tell you something? Yes. I'm really glad that's where you went. Because when you said that you had an idea, I was pretty sure it was going to be coronavirus. Yeah, it was not. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scotty, there's apparently a player on our roster named Ramon Urias. No, there's not. No, this isn't like Eric Hanhold. No. This is, this is a real guy. No. And he's got a story. No, he doesn't. This story is important. Okay. Urias, I think that he <laughs> will... This is even a real name. <laughs> All right. Ramon? Okay, I can go with Ramon. Ramon impresses just enough people at Orioles Spring Training. Who? The vendors? I don't know. <laughs> Work with me here. Okay. We're being optimistic here. I, I'm poly positive. Okay. The tweet said so. You definitely are poly. <laughs> um, you know, Ramon impresses just enough people at Orioles Spring Training that he's picked up by another club when the birds cut him. Okay. He spends most of the year playing well in the Pacific Coast League. Okay. Because everyone hits in the Pacific Coast League. Absolutely. Okay. Now, listen. Ramon fla uh, flares himself out of baseball eventually, but when he looks back at his time with the Orioles, it's the friendships that matter. It's the friendships that matter the most. You know, he and Hunter Harvey become incredibly close after Hunter Harvey delivers Urias's baby in a taxi cab on the way to the hospital in Sarasota, and frankly, he's named the child's godfather, and the families are intertwined ever since. What's he use his greasy mullet to lube up his wife or no the thing is is that urius wears the uh, hunter harvey mullet in tribute to harvey for the rest of his short baseball career i cannot imagine ramon and hunter harvey being friends scott this game is bigger than the stats my friend these are people not robots but to say hunter harvey does not look like an individual that would be friends with ramon <laughs> also also <laughs> I, I dare say, maybe this is the makings of a made-for-TV baseball movie. No. Hey, MLB Network has to play something in the offseason. This is more like Hallmark Channel at this point. <laughs> Let's talk Renato Nunez. Please do. He uh, wins the everyday DH role out of spring training, has another monster year at the plate, hits 40-plus home runs, hits the ball so hard that no one ever cares what his irregular appearances at third base look like. 
I, I think that is legitimately the best thing we can hope that's for. That's the best case scenario. I went back and looked at his 2019 stats. Not bad. The dude raked. He raked. And he also played a ton of games. Yeah. Like, he, he snuck up on me. I didn't realize he played as often as he played. He was had probably the quietest um, 35-plus home run season um, yeah. in Oriole history. Yeah. I, I, I was shocked that he, he got as many at-bats yeah. as he did. Richie Martin? Yeah, let's do it. Fine. Uh, Richie Martin, let's see. Um, I think the best we can hope for from Richie Martin is that he fails to make the club. I think so, right? too. Goes to AAA. Um, he's trying right now to be a utility player, and that's fine. But he gets down to AAA, and he gets to work on his defensive craft. Mm-hmm. Not just at short, but at third and at second. And that allows him to make a run at that super utility, mm. hey, I play three play or four days a week because I can play So Steve Wilkerson. I was thinking a more athletic um, Steve Pierce. Okay. Um, but that kind of thing. Is that, and Is that even possible? A more athletic Steve Pierce? No. Okay. No. But the best case scenario for Richie Martin is that uh, Jose Iglesias has a terrible 2020, which means that the shortstop spot is open for the taking. So I think the best— In 21. Best case for Richie Martin is I completely agree with you that he fails to make the club. He goes down to AAA. He— falters at AAA, he gets demoted back down to AA, and then he's converted to a relief pitcher, and he becomes the next Michael Gibbons for this team. Okay, not where I thought that was going, but maybe. Maybe. I don't think, he's not tall enough to be Michael Gibbons. Okay, so he's a small Michael Gibbons? He's rookie of the year. Yeah. All right, I name-checked Jose Iglesias, so let's do this. Sure. Best case scenario. Yeah. Like, if we were, if all the stars aligned, and it doesn't, require an act of god here's sure. here's what i think iglesias slick uh fielding rubs off on the orioles young infielders and players such as richie martin who we just talked about credit iglesias as teaching them how to prepare and how to play second base at the major league level also he teaches them how to dance the tango and that is a skill that you're not going to get otherwise agree um i think that in best case scenario Iglesias returns to form offensively, puts together, let's call it a 2.4 war season, which is not crazy considering his past performance. Mm -hmm. And instead of picking up his option year, the Orioles flip him at the new and improved trade deadline for a couple of minor leaguers that bolster the the very edges of the 40-man roster, improve the overall talent of the team, and pave the way for one of Iglesias' new defensive protégés to take his place on the team. I like it. Like I said, I think... um He's going to be the one player that is going to, uh, in essence, surprise a lot of folks. Did you uh, did you read the the snippet about him in Rock's blog this week? Yes. So uh, if you didn't hear this, please stop the recording. Go read everything that Rock Kabaka writes. But basically, uh, Michael Elias was doing a Q and A uh, with the season ticket holders at Sarasota, and uh, one one of the fans asked him, "Hey, when are the Orioles going to?" going to contend again and out of nowhere jose iglesias shouts this year and the fans you know gave him a, a, a nice little ovation Woo, yeah. hey that's a that's a good move yeah i like that all right who else who else plays for this team i think that's it no that's not it we have plenty plenty more players what about about uh ryan mountcastle are we, we already, yeah ryan mountcastle tell tell me what what can we possibly hope for Ryan Mountcastle. I think we can hope that Ryan Mountcastle, uh, in essence, goes to AAA and forces the Orioles' hands that they have to bring him up. Where? Right field. Okay. Oh, because because in our perfect world, 
Trey Mancini is vacated right field. That's correct. But Yusniel Diaz is uh, Diaz is going to be there. Yeah, but Santander is not going to make it past the season. Who? Santander. <laughs> okay, I, I I agree. I I think he. Look, I can say Santander all to, on that long. I'm not the one you know mispronouncing it. I think the best case scenario is that he hits the cover off the ball, and it's you know where are we going to stick? We can try to third base and replace Rio Ruiz, but. We we can have him catch when uh, when Chancisco isn't there. Absolutely. All right, Scotty, can we talk about Pat Valaika? Again, who? Pat Valaika. Who? He's a he's a player. He's a real player. All right, and I I have dreams for him. All right, Pat Valaika is a is a player that I care deeply about because again he's got a future, Scotty, and that might not be here in Baltimore, but it's one that we need to recognize. Okay. Best case scenario, if all the stars align, I think that Pat Valaika is released from the Orioles. Okay. And he's picked up by the Twins. No, the Twins are too good. No, no, he's picked up by the Twins. Listen. Okay. Listen. Working his way onto their MLB roster due to an injury, okay. Valaika finally clicks at the plate, and he's dubbed Valaika the Destroyer by Nerdy Twins podcasters. Mm. I feel like this is copyright infringement. Now, see, here's the thing. Due to the local tie to the Minnesota Vikings and the, the Viking culture that supposedly landed there valaika milks it for everything it's worth and appears in 86 games for the twins before quietly retiring to open a burger joint that he calls pat's burgers home of the destroyer now all uh, all patrons who can finish the three pound destroyer burger get their picture hung in the wall and two free tickets to the saint paul saints the best part is after you have the burger it also destroys your your stomach as well I, th- I think this is the best we can hope for Pat Valleca. I just want to go to the home of the sh- Destroyer. If Bravig Valera could open a burger bar and have home of the Destroyer, I would go there pretty much every night. Can't happen because Valleca's got it covered. <laughs> Sorry. My- Sorry, you missed it, Bravik. I- I'm not going to Duluth, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, what about Steve Wilkerson? Dr. Poo-Poo? Dr. Poo-Poo. Uh, it pains me to say. Okay. But I, I think the best that we can hope from Stevie Wilkerson is he bounces up and down on the Norfolk shover, uh, shuttle. His versatility uh, keeps him employed. Doesn't hit much, but uh, you know his value is in the fact that he can play anywhere when someone's hurt. But I think the best thing we can hope from Stevie uh, Wilkerson is that he's not called upon to pitch in any games. So I think the best we can hope for, because the best part about Steve Wilkerson is his pitching, is that he is called up to be the 27th man in doubleheader, and he starts both games of the doubleheader. The opener? The opener for both games. I don't like this. <laughs> there are new rules that, that, that this year that, that will preclude that from happening. Who says we have to list him as a position player? All right. I, you know, you got me there. All right. Speaking of moving Come into at us, Rob Manfred, what can you really do to us? Um, all right. So that's all the position players. Let's transition using Stevie Wilkerson as the linchpin to move on to pitchers. Uh, Alex Cobb. Look, I don't know what to say about Alex Cobb, but the best case scenario is that he turns back the clock and pitches his first mostly healthy season with the Orioles, throws, I don't know, 160 innings. And gives us, you know, 28 starts and approaches somewhere of, of two war. Yeah. I, th- I think that is, that is you know, shooting the moon for him. I'm looking for innings from Alex Cobb. I don't care about performance. I just want him to get to 160 plus innings. If he can do that, it was a successful season for him. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. Uh, Scotty, 
I feel like I am being too rosy. You know, I'm I'm the Jim Hunter of this episode. So I want you to tell me what John means means to you in 2020. Uh, John means means to me that um, he again has 160 innings pitched. Um, he has slightly below a 5.0 ERA, mm-hmm. and that it's not absolutely a dumpster fire every single time he goes out there. Uh, for me, um, the the best case scenario for John Means is the journey. Okay, and what I mean by that is last season uh, it was very good for him, uh, but he did encounter some trouble along the way. I think the most important thing, the the best thing in the best the best case scenario for John Means is that he can hit some sort of adversity here in his sophomore year. You know, to have that slump and to adjust to it, right? Because if he hits that sophomore slump. And he has just a crappy year. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty twenty one is going to be. It's going to have a different feel. But if he struggles through May, June, you know, maybe even July, but then turns it on July, August, September, and has a real strong end of the season. Again, it doesn't have to be spectacular, but just better. Mm-hmm. I think that statement for what he looks like in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one is all the difference because he's not going to be anything better than a you know, number three starter in this sure. league. Uh, but if we can get him to that point, I, I think that's you know, that's that's so much better than we possibly could have even dreamed it's last a win. year. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one. Uh, let's go Awash. All right, Awash. Uh, best case scenario. First of all, fans learn to pronounce his name. Never going to happen. No, no. it's always going to be Awash. All right. What about between the lines? What what can we hope from him? Um, that he makes it. That he's <laughs> able to stay on a major league roster for the entire season. That. He doesn't get blown out of the stadium. Um, that none of his peripherals were really excite, but again, he manages to put in a decent performance. Um, maybe a one war, maybe. Yeah, like an okay season. I think honestly, if he stays on the major league roster all year, which is asking a lot, it means that he'll make enough money to afford a big boy haircut, and that's really, it's really all we can hope. That's all we can ask for. That is the highest. Um, the highest compliment we can give him. Absolutely. Let's talk about Wade LeBlanc. Uh, he's apparently a pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles. I think uh, the best case scenario for him is that uh, fans and the media will eventually lose interest in making quote-unquote jokes about the fact that he shares a last name with a famous actor from a 90s sitcom. Like, that's probably the best thing that can happen for him. Yeah. And and maybe he'll also pitch. Maybe? Probably. Probably not, though. Um, Tell me about Brandon. Brandon Bailey is a Rule 5 pick for the Baltimore Orioles. Scotty, does he stick? Yes. I agree. Because the Orioles force it. Yeah. And they just say, we're just going to roll with it and just force it all the way through. And he'll get injured, and then he'll come back, and then he'll get injured again. But the Orioles will manage to somehow scrape by and keep him for the entire season. Okay. He won't mean anything this year. But but I agree, he does stick, and he becomes Orioles' property. Does he become anything of value for the Orioles over his career? Mm, yes. Okay. As a, like, six or seven. A swing guy? Swing guy. Yeah. No, I, I like that. I like that for him. I, I want that for us and him. Tell me about Michael Rucker. Additional Rule 5 pick. Uh, what do you think? Can he be hidden on the roster uh, and remain Orioles' property? Uh, I don't. Um, but he, uh, he finds the love of his life this year and he asks her to hold his hand. I like that. Yeah. 
I like that, Scott. I, he, he's like, hold my hand. Hold my hand. I like that for him. You know, I want that. He deserves it. I want to love you the best day, best way I can. Will, will it be the best that he can? Yeah. That was a long walk. Thanks for going there. <laughs> no I problem. appreciate it. All right. I want to talk about Charmant Strong. All right, because do you, <laughs> do I, does anybody ever want to talk about her? No, Sean this Armstrong? is important. Look, okay, you remember how uh, Sean Armstrong came to us? Yeah, right? he was the new Mike Wright. Right, he came to us in the Mike Wright trade. Yeah, and it, I'm still not convinced that he's not Mike Wright. No, I think his legal name is New Mike Wright. Okay, but what about so when he goes to TSA, they're just like, "Oh, you're New Mike Wright. Go on through." It's it shows here that you make a lot of flights to Norfolk. Yeah. Um, but what do we know about New New Mike Wright? He's terrible. That's the thing. Sean Armstrong, I think, best case scenario for the Orioles, is going to be traded for another pitcher named Mike Wright. Okay. And this Mike Wright is actually pretty good. He's going to be the right stuff? Well, not really. He's going to be another case of the the Orioles find the best pitcher in baseball for two weeks, and then he's awful. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, like Chaz Rowe, right? Unstoppable slider for like two weeks, and then just fell off the table. That's what new, new Mike Wright is going to be. So, new new Mike Wright comes to the Orioles, uh, is dominant for you know like ten days, then he flames out of baseball, gets DFA'd, and becomes a chemistry teacher. So this is like the third level of Inception, Mike Wright. Absolutely. Okay. But new Mike Wright, who goes by this fictitious name of Sean, Sean Armstrong, mm-hmm. I think that that he he's traded for new new Mike Wright. Mm-hmm. But the team that he goes to is the World Series champion. And so I think new Mike Wright gets a World Series ring for throwing like 25 innings uh, for the world champions before he's DFA'd. Why would the Yankees want Sean Armstrong? Stop. I'm being positive. Don't you hurt me. I'm just asking these questions. Don't you hurt me. Scott, tell me about your favorite dick. Sure. Uh, let's talk Dick Blyer. Uh, dick Blyer manages to uh, resurrect his career. And um, really dick around the rest of the AL East. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, Dick Blyer regaining his form and, um, you know, growing to to new lengths. Okay. I'm glad. I'm gl- you know, you were just you were just the man for that job. Thank I you. appreciate that. Uh, let's talk about Miguel Castro. Just the right length, right? Here. <laughs> here are my highest hopes for Miguel Castro. This is the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. I think that Miguel Castro has, let's call it 20 to 30, absolutely dominating, dominating relief innings pitched. Wow. Where his fastball is electric, unstoppable, high 90, 98 miles an hour, blows people away. Again, 20 to 30 innings where he is just the best we could have possibly hoped for. And he does that in an otherwise terrible 2020 season in which he's finally DFA'd by the Orioles. Okay. I'm fine with that. I, I think that is the best we could That's possibly the best case scenario. For. We yeah. thought more from Miguel Castro, not the case anymore. What about Paul Fry? Uh, Paul Fry, here's, here's I think, the best thing that could possibly happen to him is that Major League Baseball determines that the three-batter minimum is not a factor in pace of play, and they reconsider the rule change for 2021, and that saves his career. So they just fry that rule. Yikes. You were waiting on that, weren't you? I was. Um, Michael Givens, um, I think we're going to see, you know, best case scenario for Michael Givens, unhittable 
for you know let's call it two three months yeah right up to the trade deadline and then um right at the trade deadline he absolutely explodes and you know either gets injured or he's terrible um and he no longer becomes the centerpiece that we were hoping for no i'm gonna i'm gonna resurrect this okay look we're being positive scott okay how about this story okay Michael Givens is unhittable for three months, Mm -hmm. becomes all the rage in Major League Baseball trade rumors. Mm -hmm. Everything we've ever hoped for takes place in that first three months. His funky delivery and his sick velocity make him a dominant, late-inning, high-leverage reliever. And the buzz around Givens makes him the centerpiece of a three-team deal that sends him to the New York Yankees. And upon hitting the Bronx, he completely falls apart and never provides New York with anything of value we get the minor leaguers, and we laugh all the way to the bank. Like Zach Britton. Ouch. Mm. But there's more. Okay. Before he leaves, he's involved in another one of those pitcher covers the plate so it's not blocking because he's not the catcher, and it goes to review, but it's a lot of fun. That is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best we can hope for. Yeah. All right. T- tell me Tell me about Hunter Harvey. Um. Team leaders realize that there isn't anything they can do about his hair. Um, they work to convince that, you know, Harvey, the mustache has to go, but you can keep the mullet. Um, that really that really is the best that we can hope for. But in reality, I think that the best we can look forward for Hunter Harvey is that he has a healthy full season. Yeah. Um, and then, in essence, becomes, um, you know, a great closer for the Orioles going forward. And that he can be a closer for the next three or four years um, and becomes dominant in there. This is another player that I think... Um, if you're looking for an all-star, he could potentially be that all-star candidate as well. Okay. Okay. So you're hoping he's like the next Jamie Walker. Yes. No, that's not fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about David Hess. Um, look, I think in best case scenario. You like David Hess. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. Is it because it's because I, I Dared to dream with my best case scenario? No, it's because that's the best that we can look forward for David Hess is that Jake English actually likes him. <laughs> oh, I see. He becomes a Jake English uh, fan favorite. Correct. Okay. That's yeah. the best we can look forward from a David Hess standpoint, that he is just mediocre enough and steady enough that Jake latches onto him, even though he's barely an MLB player. And Jake says, I really like David Hess. And I think that's the best we can look forward to seeing for David Hess this year. Nah, he's not left-handed. He doesn't have a chance. I think the best we can hope for is that he proves that the P3 performance program is no joke and it saves his career, mm. just like uh, John Means. I think that the the ceiling that he can touch is being a number five starter who, you know, has a rough year, maybe rough start to the season, but he averages, you know, five – 5.1 innings uh, per appearance and Hyde feels like he can give him the ball every fifth day. You know, he provides the bridge to the next, you know, good, uh, you know, years of Orioles baseball. And he's one of those guys that isn't particularly impressive, but managed to keep a job for a couple of years. All right. That's high praise, right? High praise. Dean Kramer. Sure. He's uh, a pitcher. He's a pitcher. Um, I think he makes a few starts for the Orioles. I think he does mediocre. He does okay. Shoe in, I think, for the 2021 rotation. But more importantly, he comes the becomes the focal point um, for the Orioles community activities to being rented out to the local bar mitzvah scene and uh, supports the local Jewish community. 
Yikes. Um, let's talk about Keegan Aiken. Um, I think best case scenario, this guy can make the team out of spring. Agreed. I don't know that it happens. But best case scenario, yeah. he can make the team out of spring. And I say, let's let's say he makes 12 starts for the Orioles, something like that. It shows significant growing pains, but also differentiates himself from previously highly touted Orioles starters by slowly improving over the course of the season. I think he'll throw some innings out of, out of the, the rotation, a couple of extra from the pen, but makes himself a lock for the 2021 season. So uh completely agree. I think he becomes the Brad Bergeson yeah. of this season, where yeah, he kind of comes one. in and kind of surprises a bunch of people, but they're like, hey, well, who is this guy? And like, what is he doing? Um, and then he does a massing commercial over next winter and gets injured. Um, but he is my Brad Bergeson candidate of this 2020 season. I was I was with you to the end. Yeah. All right, Scotty, let's talk about Tanner Scott. Sure. And I think this is important. I think that the best that we can hope for from Tanner Scott is that Tanner Scott quietly retires from baseball. Okay. But beyond that, he forms a musical duo with Taylor Scott. Wow. Also formerly of the Baltimore Oriole. Yeah. Um, the, the group, which is called... Tante, all right, wins a Grammy for... Taylor Swift's going to come after you for that. Tan, no, it's not Tay-Tay, it's Tante. I know, it's too close. The group, which is called Tante, wins a Grammy for Best Children's a- Album, and their biggest hit off of that children's a- album, which is called Dinosaurs Are Hungry, becomes the theme for the Orioles' Thank You Fans video from 2022. I thought it was going to be mullets for everybody. Mullets. Mullets forever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who do we miss, folks? What did we miss out in terms of a player or a projection in terms of, you know, how someone's going to do? What's the best case scenario that you think is out there for the Baltimore Orioles in 2020 and or a player on their rotation? His up on Bird's Eye View BAL to let us know. Also, I hope that you enjoyed the poly positive attitude because you're likely not to get a ton more. No, not much. But, Jake, we've been hearing things. Have we? We have. So I think it's important that we dust off the microphones and um, insert them in a few slick crevices um, to get a little bit more insight, as it were. Scotty, I was uh, I was trolling through Twitter today as if I was in a middle school parking lot in a white van with no windows, and I saw some things. One of the things I saw <laughs> did you <laughs> did I ever? <laughs> One of the things that I saw was that there was a a spring training game today between the Angels and the Cubs in which a couple of the Cubs players uh, were mic'd up, and it was glorious. Mm. I love that. And, you know, it, it's complicated because I feel like you can't do that in every game, right? It, it just gets to be too much. But I look at it and I was like, I don't care about the, the Cubs at all. And I was like all about watching. It was uh, uh, Bryant and, and Rizzo, I think. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that, you know, baseball, I think, trails leagues behind the NFL and the NBA as far as it comes to um, marketing their players and using the personalities of the players to advance the game. And as we talk about all the ways in which baseball is dying, I really want to see how the game can advance with this kind of thing. Cause I, I think this is what they need to be doing. So, you know, maybe it's not every game, 
It shouldn't be. But there should be opportunities to mic up players. The All-Star game is is a no-brainer. Absolutely. Right? I mean, I feel like there should be somebody we're talking to all the time. And, and maybe, you know, select uh, regular season game. Like, what about the players weekend? Sure. You know? Um, spring training is obviously a no-brainer. But, I mean, what do you think about that? We, we have to balance the, the competitiveness of the games mm-hmm. versus the fact that this is a product that we're trying to sell and that we're trying to get people closer to. Sure. I mean, I think that if you, in general, look at, we talked about social media with the Baltimore Orioles, getting folks you know, on the field of play, in the dugout, getting them behind the scenes is going to be equally important. So I think applying similar logic, as it were, to the scenario is going to be important. Um, so some, some ideas that I had. Um, you know, number one. First, I'm terrified. So the, the first idea I had was, you know, I think um, people always want to see, in essence, um, some of the, you know, tomfoolery that is occurring in the dugouts and stuff like that. So I think it'd be really fun, uh, similar to when we saw like Buck Showalter pull a prank on Darren O'Day. I think it would be really good to pull like an impractical, you know, jokers thing on that and basically give cameras or hidden prank shows to summer players that you could actually do in the dugouts or do in the clubhouse through the entire season. All right. I have a confession. Yeah. Did, did you ever watch Twib as a kid yeah. this week in baseball? Yeah. Is that show still in the air? Yes. That, that still exists. Yes. Okay. But if you could do a similar format to that within social media, it makes a ton of sense. So here's what I'm thinking. What if we mic up the players, but it's not live? Mm-hmm. What if we mic up the players or mic up first base or something, and Major League Baseball advanced media goes through all the, the footage over the course of a week mm-hmm. or whatever, and they put a show together every week on you know MLB Network or online, even better, sure, which has highlights of the week. Of just like you said, players being fun, people sure. people showing their personalities, maybe even telling stories about the games that go beyond the box score. Absolutely, or you're even just you know in in, in the occasion of even going back to old games and having players talk over the games mm-hmm. and basically have running commentary. But I think watching the story unfold in terms of what's going on in the dugout, what's going on in the clubhouse, in terms of the journey, is a really easy way um, in order to get some you know, continuity with certain player bases. And again, you know, one of the big aspects for Major League Baseball has been this whole aspect of tanking and getting invested in the product. It really easy to get invested in the product is, again, if you feel closely connected to it as well. Yeah. What are some of your ideas to basically get people mic'd up and, and do it? Sure. So I've got two. Mm-hmm. None of them are probably good, but okay. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, the first is, I don't remember what year it was, but there was a World Series recently recently within the last 10 years where Chris Archer appeared in the broadcast booth, like for an inning or two. Um, and I don't remember why that was the case, but I remember watching the game and thinking to myself, what is Chris Archer doing? Like, why do I care for him to be in the booth? That was when he got there. By the time he left, I was like, Oh my God, bring Chris Archer back for every playoff game. That guy's amazing. Incredibly insightful, knows the game really personable incredibly entertaining i i started that inning not caring ended his appearance on the world series wanting more and more Mm -hmm. and it got me to thinking like we need to have that experience every postseason you know what happens if we've got a postseason in which you know mike trout doesn't make it i would love to see that guy do anything with the broadcast 
how cool would it be to have the game's biggest stars that aren't involved in the playoffs doing sideline reporting or some sort of presentation We've in the got broadcast? Pedro Martinez and David Ortiz. What else do we need? No, I mean and Alex Rodriguez. I mean current players. Oh. Wouldn't it be cool to grow the the game's personalities? So like Tim Tebow. Yes. Yes. I want more Tim Tebow. I, I thought it'd be neat to have some of those players that that aren't aren't on stage to be part of the game's biggest stage. That makes sense. Makes right. sense. Here's my next thought. And this goes back to MLB Advanced Media. Why in the world are we not using formulas that work? Do you remember I don't know if it was the 70s, it was probably the 70s, where they had those competition shows between like it was like uh it was like competition between stars of of rival networks. Yeah, battle the uh, other TV network stars, yeah. Right. Why don't they have shows like that with Major League Baseball players? And, and in in a world in in a world in a world in which we have all this crappy reality television programming, why don't we have something like that with baseball's personalities? Um, because if they get injured, it'd be a disaster. <laughs> yeah, but but like you know the and this is a dumb example, but the Orioles had a ping pong tournament sure in their clubhouse sure you don't think that they could make a 20 minute segment out of that for baseball advanced media to put on during uh rain delays there's no question that's the kind of crap we should be watching yeah and frankly i would watch that from other teams yeah but so you're saying similar to my aspect of looking at some of the clubhouse notions like when the Orioles did their ping pong tournament or they did like the crab race like yeah hey let's broadcast the heck out of that Right, but we will watch competitions of any dumb competitions. Right. So I think it comes back to the question, similar to the clubhouse standpoint of this this sanctity standpoint of mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we don't want to, in essence, show off the clubhouse because you know that's where the boys are, and, and we don't want to basically um, reveal the secret lair, as it were, which is stupid and not doesn't make any sense. It's a business; just show the business off and, and go from there. Tell the story. I agree. Anything else that you want to do from a mic up standpoint? No, I don't think so. Okay. But but I'm open to all stupid ideas. So guys, it, you know, listeners, if you have dumb ideas, you can't be dumber than we are. Absolutely. Let us hear about it. All right, why don't we go ahead and blow the save? All right. Scotty, baseball's getting closer. And I don't know if you've got any ointment here in SD Studios, but I'm starting to feel a certain itch. I've got I've got some lotion. All right. All right. Well, I don't want to get the hose again. But baseball's getting close. And uh, one of the ways that manifests itself is that, uh, you know, my kid starts to get really excited about baseball. You know, we've been playing some catch in 30, 40 degree weather. Um, Great day today to play baseball. Yeah. 60 degrees outside. Oof. Well, Great. It, it would have been. What? Would have been. Henry went outside yesterday. Henry, nine. Okay. Okay. Baseball crazy. Went outside yesterday to play with a, a friend of his, played wiffle ball. Uh-huh. Um, diving into second base in a highly competitive game of backyard wiffle ball, got stepped on and broke his right arm. Ooh. Kid has a radial fracture in his arm. Going to be out six six to ten weeks. Let me ask you the question. Uh, did this other kid lead with spikes? <laughs> he may have. This is the What's worst thing. What's his name? Manny Machado. 
I uh no, this wasn't Boston, so it was fine. Look, uh, Henry's fine, and he's been a total trooper about it, m- mostly because he gets his toughness from his mom. I to say, have you been a total trooper through this? I have not. Or have you been commiserating? But uh, it's it's really sad because he's he's great, he's fine, and this is like the biggest uh, first world problem in the world. But I was really bummed for him because he was looking so forward to getting back to baseball, and now he's probably going to lose the first third to half of his spring baseball season. Uh, he's kind of bummed about that and I'm, I'm with him on that. So, you know, looking forward to baseball coming back, but, uh, no joy in Mudville for, for the youngest English. Listen, it's, it is disappointing. Um, you know, just like DJ Stewart, Henry's career is going to get off to a rocky start, but listen, just like DJ Stewart, he's going to, yeah, you know what? It's over. I, I really am hoping he can parlay this into owning a gas station. Uh, that'd be great. Otherwise, there's a Pat's Burgers that he can go up to in Minnesota. <laughs> Henry the Destroyer. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to drag him to because uh, look, we already we already paid for Little League, and I'm coaching, and you're coaching. So uh, he's gonna, I'm going to drag him to a bunch of practices and games in which he's not going just to play. Have to sit there and be like, enjoy watching me coach. <laughs> it's the worst. You're a terrible dad. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, baseball is back, and uh, that manifests itself in. In so many ways, uh, I am I am excited for for baseball. You know, at the little league and the major league level, uh, I just hope that the Orioles <clears throat> remind me of one rather than the other. And that that's our show. Remember, you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore dot com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is you get your podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback, and it encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come and get social with us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us on social media at Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat, but the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter, where we tweet at birdseyeview, B-A-L. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I'll bid you a fond adieu-adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And let's go O's. So we can drop this whole, like, being positive back next with Craig. Scotty, do you know what blood type you are? Oh, negative? No, I think both of us tonight have been B positive. That's sickeningly sweet. Yeah. 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 Let's not do this again. Yeah. Sounds good. Ever. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.